Good morning, good evening, good night, wherever, however, and whenever you're listening. Welcome to another episode of The Melanie Report. I'm your host, Marquise Lupton, and we have another great interview lined up for you today. It's Wednesday, so you know that we have a great newsmaker interview lined up for you all today. And I am honored to have this person with us and share all their experiences and what he is doing now with us today we have senate alexander who is with the kathy hershey schools and like i said cannot wait to get into those details and if you have not checked out our monday program with our cousin of the show dr kamika campbell then friend i implore you to go on ahead and take a listen to those top five headlines that we have mapped out for you to get you through your week. Again, our guest today is Senate Alexander. How you doing today, Senate? I'm doing great. It's great to be here with you, Marquise. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I, I Like I said in my intro, cannot wait um, uh, to get into this uh, because I look at this as as um, uh, interview, as information uh, that people can both uh, use and utilize. Uh, this is something that is uh, going to reign true for this year and the years to come. So I'm excited to get into this. So uh, before we get into all those, you know, um, um, attractive details of, of uh, what exactly the uh, Kathy Hershey Schools for Early Learning is, uh, can you tell us about your journey uh, beginning with you being a graduate from Milton Hershey in 2006? Yeah, absolutely. So just I'll just first just start. So yeah, so I am a graduate of the Milton Hershey School. Um, went there. I actually went there at the age of nine. Wow. Uh, and so um, originally from a single parent household. Um, so basically, it was my mom, my brother. My brother also went to the school as well. Oh, um, right. And so um, he spent two years there. I spent about nine years there. <laughs> um, so I got the full experience uh, yeah. when it came to it. But once you know, it really changed my life, right? So mm. it changed the trajectory of really my life was. So like I said, I was from I'm literally from Philadelphia, from a low income background. Mm -hmm. You know, my opportunities would have been bleak if I had stayed in that environment. And so yeah. being able to go to the Milton Hershey School gave me one ex, uh, experiences that I would have never have been able to do. Um, it gave me an academic program that once again was just top notch and put mm. me on a path to be able to go to college and to be able to really, you know, make something in the world. And, and the biggest thing I think that I took away from, from, from MHS was this really this wanting to give back and service because the number one thing with MHS, just like the Kathleen Hershey Schools for our learning is, is that it's all free of cost wow. um, for to go to this school, for this boarding school in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And so to be able to do that and be able to be given so much, I just wanted to be able to give back. And so that's why I'm just so excited um, for my work that and being able to come back to the school that gave me so much to mm. now lead the Catholic Hershey Schools for Early Learning um, as its newest subsidiary of the Milton Hershey School. So it's just it's exciting. Indeed, indeed. And um, I do not want to uh, let this go unnoticed. Um, uh, his name is uh, Senate Alexander, but it also is uh, Senate Alexander Esquire. Uh, so can you uh, um, tell us about that uh, and your law school journey as, as well? Because, friend, you have done some amazing things. You are doing some amazing things. Yeah. So, you know, once I left the Milton Hershey School, I went to Temple University, got my bachelor's degree in elementary education, started out really as a teacher, started as an assistant teacher. Wow. Um, and so um, really worked my way up and became a teacher, a lead teacher, then became a director, an executive director. Um, but really about halfway through there, you know, I realized that I was like, man, like, 
the issue in education, right, isn't really what teachers in the classroom. It's a lot of times it's policy. It's the mm. fact that we don't have the funding. It's the so it's all these kind of legal things. And so yeah. about halfway through there, I was like, well. I want to go to law school to understand how do I how do we deal with some of these things from a policy standpoint. So I thought that I was going to go into, you know, work at the Department of Education, be a <laughs> policy lawyer and all those things. But really wanted to really as I got into law school and understanding everything in law school, realized I was like, ah, I don't want to sit behind a desk. I love <laughs> I love doing, you know, um, working with staff members. Mm. I love working. So really took my kind of my all of the things that I learned from being an educator and then now being able to mesh that at, uh, all the things that I now understand as as a lawyer, yeah. and then being able to use that as I really kind of uh, lead the, the Catholic Nursery Schools for Early Learning. You know, when we think about, you know, a, a, a six centers across, um, you know, Pennsylvania, um, there are a lot of things that we need to think from both a legal standpoint and mm-hmm. also from, you know, once again, from an educational standpoint to ensure that we're hitting on our mission and our vision. And so Indeed. I have a, it was definitely a different path and a different trajectory within <laughs> there, but it has served me quite well to really understand both the legal ramifications of the things that we're doing and the educational side of how do we do this for our children and ensure that our children and families are getting the best services that they possibly can get? Yeah. So um, uh, for for you, um, um, for the person that was um, involved in your life, uh, uh, if it was um, um, your mother, some kind of um, um, parent figure, role model, something, when when you spoke to that person and said that you wanted to make this transition uh, from being in the classroom to going to law school and and, and really, um, quote unquote, attacking things uh, from that policy side. Was there any pushback from your support system or were they like, hey, look, Senate always knew what he was doing, always put 100 percent in it. We support you 100%. Was there any pushback to that decision? Yeah, I know there definitely was a lot of like, you know, raised eyebrows. Like, wait a minute, <laughs> you want to go from being a teacher to a lawyer? That's like two different things. Yeah. Um, and so I do get a lot of, a, a lot of that. Um, but I think they also understood that, yes, you know, I think that there's this thing of like, I am, you know, a very self-determined person and yeah. really under and knew kind of where I was trying to go with all of this mm-hmm. um, and wh- what I wanted to be able to ultimately achieve, which really, you know, what I ultimately wanted to achieve was to be able to run a nonprofit organization that helped children, families, just like the same thing that was given to me as yeah. a kid when I went to the Milton Hershey School. And so, you know, I think that there was just so much. So I think that there was like, you know, make sure you, you know, understand what you're getting yourself into. What are you trying to, you know, accomplish and be mm. really kind of steadfast of what you're trying to, to to get to when it comes to all of this. Um, but there, yes, there was some some raised eyebrows at first. <laughs> um, but I think that they've now said, oh, well, now I get it now. I it understand. Makes sense. It makes sense as to why you did what you did. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, uh, before um, we get into the questions um, uh, uh, about the early learning uh, uh, schools, um, I, I, I like for the guests to come on the show and really talk about their backstory, um, because there there's a lot in a backstory that the listener can identify with and, and say, hey, you know, I am in that position. I was in that position. And just to hear, you know, how, how somebody was able to uplift themselves out of uh, said position. So for yourself, uh, you, you said that you came from a single parent household uh, from the city of Philadelphia. You know, so so the odds were already stacked against you. Um, and, and then you went off to this school uh, in hopes that it will bring this uh, better life for you. Can can you take us uh, to that moment? Because you had to separate yourself from the environment that you got to know and become comfortable with. 
Can you take us to that time for yourself as such a younging? How did you navigate that and able to be successful? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it was a very difficult process, right? Going from Philadelphia, going from like what I actually knew, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of things, right? And then going to rural Hershey, Pennsylvania, right? <laughs> right. And being in a whole bunch of in a different, uh, you know, environment. And so, you know, yeah, I, I struggled early on, mm-hmm. right? In terms of one, having homesickness to my, yeah. for my mother, um, my brother, um, having, you know, thinking about my friends that were at home that mm. didn't get the opportunity to be able to have with those, with those things. But the number one thing is, is that when I think about the Milton Hershey School, because this is exactly Exactly what we're trying to do at the Catholic Energy Schools for early learning as well is that they created a home environment for me. Mm. And I had people that cared and loved loved me at all at all times. Yeah. And so that was the most thing. Like even during those hard times, I knew that every person that was there at the Milton Hershey School cared about my my, my success mm-hmm. and they wanted to see me. Even when I wasn't always always the best and what my behavior was and those different types of things, they wanted to the, the best out of me and they mm. wanted to continue to push me with in there. And so I can't say enough that like, once again, this school, Milton Hershey School changed my life and changed my trajectory. I would not be who I am today if I had not gone to the Milton Hershey School yeah. and really had those once again. And I have a, I'm a lot of, I still talk to a lot of my house parents. A lot of my teachers are actually still there at the school now. Wow. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it, it, it's kind of a full circle for me um, to be able to come back to basically say, hey, I'm now leading this new initiative that mm-hmm. we now have um, w- within there. Um, um, but it was because of what you all did when I was a child here at, yeah. at Milton Hershey School that allows me to be able to do the things that I'm trying to do now. Um, and so I just can't say nearly enough of, once again, how having community and having people in your corner, how important that is. Indeed. So what inspired you to take on a leadership role um, at the uh, Milton Hershey, uh, well, excuse me, the Kath, Catherine Hershey Schools for Early Learning. Yeah, so you know what, I had, um, um, so I was actually working um, in in uh, in the kind of DC area, uh, and um, I just I, I just I just kind of I, I I saw it flash on my Facebook that they were starting this new early childhood education initiative, and mm-hmm. I was like, I hadn't even hadn't heard that they were doing this, uh, the Milton Hershey School, and I was like, wow. I'm like, hey, I want to. I don't care. I just want to. I love Milton Hershey School, and I mm-hmm. love for what they did. And I've obviously I've been working in early child education at this point about 18 years uh, uh, um, within there. I'm like, hey, how can I help? What can I do? And so I called up the school and just basically said, hey, I just want to help as you guys think about this, as you're trying mm. to figure those things out. And so, you know, it really was. It wasn't even I was even I wasn't even looking for a job. I was just looking to be able to give some just thoughts and oh, things wow. like that um, within it. Um, and then, you know, a- after one thing then lend to another, they then say, hey, well, can you write an op-ed for us um, about early child education? So I wrote an op-ed that was posted in Penn Live um, when we when they had did that. And then from there, they were like, well, you know. We actually have this executive director position that we're going to be thinking, oh, you should try to apply. Um, and so I was like, eh, I kind of like what I'm doing already right now. <laughs> um, but I'm like, all right, let's let, let, let's kind of see where, where things kind of mm-hmm. go. Um, but once again, the pool of, once again, being able to give back to the Hershey's legacy that gave me so much. Once again, I can't say enough about that. When we think about, you know, Catherine Hershey Schools and Milton Hershey School, mission driven is something that we driven to being able to help and serve children that are just that were just like me as a kid, mm. um, being able able to lend my expertise.
expertise as you know someone who, who knows a lot about early child education, who's done a lot of startup operations, who's done a lot of opening new centers and those different types of things. Uh, and then just thinking about this, like how do we build this this the, the, this model that's within yeah. there? And so I was just kind of just drawn to it. And as I learned more and more what they were trying to do, when we think about how we're trying to really help the community, how we're trying to help the family, the full, the two generational approach, how we're trying to help the child, how we're trying to help you know our staff members. You know, once again, that just became a thing of like, hey, I want to be a part of this thing, and I want to help out with it. And how, how can I? How can I help um, with it? All this. Indeed, indeed. So, um, the three hundred and fifty million dollar early childhood education initiative—that uh, is a significant undertaking. So, what motivated uh, the Milton Hershey School to invest in this initiative, and how did you become involved? Sure. So, when you think about, you know, when the Milton Hershey School, Milton Hershey School has been around since nineteen oh nine. Wow, um, I didn't know um, that. And so, um, over, you know, almost one hundred and thirteen years that they have been around Sheesh. doing this work um, for at-risk youth um, in their boarding school, and so one. One of the things is with the Milton Hershey School, they just have had so many great just outcomes for their their uh, their students and their families um, that they've seen over the over the years. The other great thing is is that they've also you know when the board of managers, who is the the, the highest board that's governing of of, of the Milton Hershey School, um, really once again they have just from a financial just stewardship of the funds that were originally put in that Mr. Hershey originally did that has also grown substantially over the years. And so really mm. it was like, well, how can we give back, and what might be the way to be able to give back and help even more children um, than the 2,000 kids that they already serve every single year wow. at, the, at the Milton Hershey School. Uh, and so really, they went and they looked at multiple different you know options. They went this whole strategic planning process to kind of figure out which might be a thing. So they thought, well, maybe we might do a junior college for our graduates when they We might do more in the trades, so maybe we can send our kids to a trade so, mm. so they have a good paying job when they get. And then it really came down to, really, they looked at early childhood, edu- early childhood education was one of the other ones that was on there. And as they did more and more research, you know, once again, one, we found that, um, you know, in Pennsylvania, 60 percent of the cho- of three and four year olds do not have uh, access to high quality pre-K. I believe it. Um, wow. So that is presenting a child care and just learning gap. Yeah. Right? And so it was like, well, that's a lot of kids that we could be serving, Absolutely. helping, and really being able to really, um, 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 especially when you think about just the benefits of early child education, 90% of the brain is developed by five. So the more we can start early yeah. and then be able to you know, really intervene as early as possible, the better we have better outcomes out there. So there is so many research that's out there that just shows just what high quality early child education can do, um, especially for children um, that are low income children mm-hmm. um, that usually have a lot of different barriers to that. And so really what, what so you, you take the combination of one, having the resources and also um, having the great outcomes. And then two, how do we just help more? And then it was it was almost a no brainer that early child education was was the thing to really be able to do. And, and I just became really a part of it, as I said, in terms of, you know, once again, being a graduate, being someone who's been in early child education, who knows how to build these different types of systems mm. uh, and really being able to take both of those things and mesh it into what's going to be how do we how do we operationalize this whole this whole thing to build these six centers um, over these next several years. Indeed, uh, that that early intervention, uh, that that kind of not kind of that that's what sets the trajectory of of one's life. Um, So what are the key components um, or features 
of the early childhood education uh, program uh, that is currently being offered at the centers. Yes. So really, so first and foremost, we first start with just kind of um, our high quality teaching and early learning, right? So that's basically our core early learning part. So basically we offer a play-based learning experience um, where children are going to learn about math, literacy, social emotional skills. Um, they're going to learn about science, social studies, all of those different types of things through a play-based kind of environment that's really individualized for the child. We know that children come to us in all different uh, skills, all different uh, areas, all different preferences, all of those things. And so really what our teachers do is really try to, how do we figure out how to individualize those children to ensure that once again, we're not only helping for kindergarten readiness, but also really how are we starting to build some of the competencies and habits for life readiness yeah. um, as well. So we, it first starts with the children that are in our program. Secondly, the second thing then um, it then goes is that is our two generational impact. Um, and so in each of our centers, we have a family success center um, that's in those centers. And with those, um, each family is given a family success advocate mm -hmm. um, that really works on everything of how do we help those families really start to break some of the generational poverty, right? So how do we connect them to um, uh, employment opportunities? How do we help them go back to school for job training? Mm -hmm. How do we think about debt? How do we think about savings? How do we think about his financial literacy, right? How do we think about um, when it comes to to um, advocating for your child when they do leave our program and actually go into the school districts and those different things. Mm -hmm. How do we think about giving them parenting skills and confidence, all of those things, healthcare referrals, referrals to other nonprofit organizations that might be doing for food insecurities or for health, um, um, uh, mental health, and all of those drug and alcohol, all of those things. So it really is like how do we surround the family mm -hmm. uh, and ensure that they really have all those things because we know that we're not a boarding school, we're a day school, so they're going home every single day. And so it's going to be super important for us to be able to help and support those families so that then breaks down some of their stress levels, which then will help children um, as well. Um, number three then is whole child support. So we do transportation, diapers, wipes, all of those things um, um, at each of our centers. Um, so uh, nutritious meals um, are, 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 are they. So breakfast, uh, uh, lunch, and a snack at the end of the day. Wow. Um, so, um, you know, um, supplemental clothing, like if someone soils their clothing and those different types of things, diapers, wipes, all of those all of those things. Uh, and then lastly, the last part of this whole program model is really about research and evaluation. So how do we sit there and we think about the research that's kind of going on? You know, we're going to be looking at really like our program. Who is it working for? Who is it not working for? Mm. How do we then, you know, say here's how do we be able to show what are best practices? What are uh, what are things that did not work well um, that can then be used broadly in the early child education uh, arena and that can be used as an ability for us to once again really making sure that we're always having this mindset of continuous quality improvement to keep mm. improving our programs um, throughout all this. So, yeah. I will tell you this, Senate. Um, I don't think that I have spoken to um, any uh, uh, head of a early childhood uh, education center that has mentioned anything about generational poverty. Um, and the fact that 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 you all, this is a part of your mission. This is part of your discussion. Uh, it, it just really feels like you are ahead of this curve, uh, be, because, again, this isn't this conversation that that is 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 currently um, people are currently having at least conversations that I'm not a part of. Uh, so uh, you being the first in this role, uh, you are really setting the tone for for generations to come. They're going to build a statue of, uh, of Senate Alexander. You know, he was the first. Uh, so um, uh, what what lessons uh, do you hope um, to, 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 to really uh, give to this program uh, so that they can be successful for 
decades to come. Sure. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I think it's just an honor and a privilege just to be able to serve in this role, right? Mm. So I think it's a humbling thing. Like I said, I think part of it, of being able to be a graduate of the Milton Hershey School and to be able to to lead this initiative and be the first one as a graduate to lead this initiative, um, that is really the the first time that really, you know, once again, this is the first time that Milton Hershey School, especially when we think about Harrisburg, Lancaster, Middletown, that we will be actually out of Derry Township. Wow. That has never happened, right? So the school is based right there in Derry Township. Mm-hmm. That's within there. So this is going to be the first time that you know in its 113 year history that this is happening. So this is this is it's, it's a pretty big thing. And Indeed. so once again, just as a graduate, I feel a lot of pride. That's within all of this. And and really, I think the thing for me is is that yes, like how do we you know really you know set just like the the great things that were given to me as a student at MHS. Once again, how do we then ensure that, that also happens and goes to, to the Catholic Nursery Schools for mm-hmm. learning as well? And so. I see my, my my role as really like once again, how do we think about that and how do we think about it how do we think about really that level of excellence that we're trying to get to? And how do we yeah. set a really strong foundation so that for generations, because once again, I wanna hope I'm hoping in 113 years, once again, this is still going and we're still Indeed. this is into perpetuity. And like how do we build a program that once again has a great foundation, but also is malleable enough to know that best practices change yeah. and things change and, and generations change and those types of things, but we at least need to have a foundation of here's the mission, the vision, and the values that we're trying to do um, that will always be a part of what our, what our guiding star is. And I just see I have a pivotal role in just ensuring that that happens. Oh, man. Oh, man. Senate, man, I'll tell you this. Uh, it sounds like you should run for Senate because <laughs> your answers are top notch. Um, so uh, how has your experience uh, as a graduate of Milton Hershey, how has how has those experience uh, influenced your approach in in leadership and decisions when it comes to education? Absolutely. You know, I think that the number one thing that we were instilled with at MHS was really giving back, right? And this Mm. whole just mindset of being able to kind of give back in this service, this kind of service mindset. Um, The other thing that we also just when we think about this, that we have sacred values at MHS. So integrity um, is one of them, right? So doing, like I said, doing what you're supposed to do, even when no one is looking, right? That's Mm. within there. This, uh, This idea of mutual respect, right? So thinking about we still give the same respect to the children, the families, our staff, members and all of those when it comes to the to, to, to all of those um, a commitment to mission um, um, and in positive spirit is the other one that's within there and so I see that I bring all of those things into everything that I do and it's something that we want to instill in all of our uh, all of our, our fam all of our uh, staff members um, just kind of throughout like how do we have these kind of these values right once again that point us to where we're trying to get to because these were the values that this they, they were important to mr. and mrs. Hershey mm. um, when they first you know when they were creating the school this is what he embodied those types of things that were within there. And so as a graduate, once again, I just see there's just so much in that we can continue, like, how do we keep furthering that legacy of that giving back, you know, to think, Mr. Hershey, when he gave this, I mean, he, he was not one that, I mean, he wrote, when he wrote his, um, the deed of trust, um, well, once again, he really, he knew exactly what he wanted to do. He gave mm-hmm. all of his money to wow. to the school. 
all of it was given to the school. And you don't even hear about some of those things now, you know, right. when, you, um, when it comes to, you know, billionaires and millionaires that are out there. Someone that was so selfless that was like, hey, I want to give this to, you know, this endeavor, all of it um, to this endeavor is just such a, a remarkable thing. And it's just something like, well, how can we emulate what that, that selflessness that Mr. Hershey um, um, had when he was thinking about all this that benefited now me and has benefited thousands of right. children um, um, going forward. And that's 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 a literal that, that's literal thousands. Yes. You know, that's not hyperbole or anything like that. Um, uh, so what would or what does success look like uh, for for the um, early childhood education center? Yeah, so I think that success is going to look like, you know, I think there's a couple things. So one thing that we do have is is that, so we have been really kind of creating what we call as our comprehensive outcomes. Um, and so really our comprehensive outcomes are basically like, what are the things that we want to be true of our students, uh, of our families, and of the communities that we go? So what are the positive things that we want to see? And so really we have things when it comes to, once again, kindergarten readiness. So what are the things that we're going to see that we, that we want to see that children, by the time they leave our program, they should be able to do X, Y, and Z when mm. it comes to kindergarten readiness, right? What are we seeing when it comes to families in terms of it? Are we seeing actually, you know, them being able to go and break, you know, get um, employment? Are we seeing that they're able to actually have a life-sustaining wage, um, mm. which we know that once again, a life-sustaining wage then helps the child because when you're financially struggling. That stress goes on everybody yeah. that's in that family that's within there. And so we're like, how do we think about that? How do we think about health-related outcomes mm. that we think about it as well? Like, how are we seeing that are the, um, you know, our children, you know, becoming, are they more healthier? Are we getting the immunization record, the immunization shots that we need? Are we, you know, thinking about the healthy foods that we should be eating, making a healthy lifestyle that's within all those different types of things? And so really, you know, I, I, when I think about all of these things, I do think that there's going to be, like, when we say, you know, what are the, you know, uh, uh, the comprehensive outcomes and how can we get to these comprehensive outcomes um, that looks at all of these different indicators and how are we seeing that, yes, we are actually making a difference in the lives of, of families um, that we're seeing that's within here. You know, and we are going to be tracking those things through our research and evaluation. Mm. Um, we are going to be doing a longitudinal study um, to kind of see, you know, how have, you know, even after they leave our program, are they still sustaining some of these mm. things that we're seeing that's within here? So really the success is we should we we, we want to see that, hey, well, you did a great job while we were here and you sustained those things as a family, as a community and as, as children as you continue to go. Um, we should see what does that look like and what does those trajectories look like? So I, I can only imagine what in 30 years, what, the, <laughs> what will be some of the outcomes and things like that um, that we're going to see. And, we, you know, we won't even won't even know how big of an impact all this is on even because it's going to be a while so as we start to know all this stuff. So, yeah. Oh, man, Senate, I could spend another 25 Five minutes with you talking about this. Uh, I'm a fan of education, uh, uh, so this is just uh, right up my uh, alley when when having the discussions. Uh, so, what advice uh, would you give individuals or organizations uh, looking to make a meaningful impact in the field of early childhood education? Yeah, you know, and I think the one thing that we've been talking about, you know, for us um, has been it, we're greater together. Like, we cannot do this alone, right? And so, you know, we, you know, when we think about early childhood education, right, you know, it is just the starting point. 
But once again, these children are going to go to school districts, right? At some point, they're going to go to universities. They're going to go to other community organizations. And so the more I think that we can all form this kind of ecosystem and ensure mm-hmm. that we're talking with one another and making sure that we're sharing best practices with one another, thinking about these different types of things, it is a thing that, you know, it takes, while they say it takes a village to raise a child, that's true. Um, you know, <laughs> yes, we really indeed. need to think about it. And I think that as early child education, that has really got to be the thing that we continue to think about. It's like, how can we collaborate together um, with all the different industries, whether it's hospitals, whether it's medical centers, whether it's um, the other nonprofit organizations that are already doing some of this work that's, with, that, that, that's out there. Uh, and the more that we can pull, you know, these people all together, once again, families win at the end of the day. Because then they, can, they know now, oh, I can go and I can plug into this over here. I can plug into that over there. Um, and so the more that we can collaborate and the more that we can be really, I think, you know, thought partners together and really trying to think about best practices and really putting children families and outcomes and how do we get to outcomes at the forefront of what we're trying to do I think that that's going to be the, the secret to all of this like how do we work together to really think about all the work that we're trying to, to, to all know that we're collectively accomplishing and um, t- talking about working together um, are there any um, uh, collaborations with local communities or organizations are there any um, plans for those in the future yeah, so we actually do um, collaborate with um, several organizations um, um, within there. We actually have basically a guidebook. I think it's about 130 um, organizations that we basically have that we're either referring families to, um, that we have a, you know some type of relationship or some type of partnership that's in the area. And so some of the big ones, you know, that I would that, that I would probably I guess call out. So members first. So we do work with members first. So they help a lot with financial literacy for our families um, um, and those uh, uh, and those things. And um, we also work with um, Cocoa Pack is another one that gives food insecurity. So we mm. look with some of the focal, the local food banks are another one um, for food insecurities um, that are that, 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 that families have. Um, so we, we, we do quite a bit of work just with a lot of the different, you know, nonprofit organizations. We have a couple of mental health organiza- uh, therapy uh, organizations that we work with um, when it comes to, um, um, you know, our family services. Um, we also work with, for, for, uh, for medical, we work with Penn State Health. Um, and mm. so we actually have a registered nurse in our in our, in our facility that had that wow. is from Penn State Health um, that really once again is helping us thinking about all those things and so so we've got quite a few and so once again like I said you know that is a part of our model that we know we can't do this alone and that we're going to need all of these other um, pieces um, and really for us like, we almost feel like we're kind of for our families we're kind of the conduit that's really helping them how do you connect into these how do you know what's out yeah. there how do you know how do you access these different types of things how are they coming into our our things um, oh the other one, oh, oh, employment pipelines. So we also mm-hmm. have started to build some employment pipelines with some of ours. So That's um, the Hershey Entertainment and Resorts, we've been working with them. The Hershey companies, all the different Hershey entities, Penn State Health. Um, so we've actually gotten some of our families place um, and gotten them jobs at those particular wow. areas, which is once again, you know, changing the trajectory and starting to get them on those trajectories of how do we get to a life-sustaining wages, right? So there's been a lot of work with a lot of different um, um, organizations, universities that we've had come in um, to do... Uh, 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 observations, mm. all of those things. And so that is a huge just for, for us about just partnerships, partnerships, partnerships. How do we partner with the community and be a part of the community? Life-changing work you all are doing. And I am happy to have you here up on the Melanin Report uh, to give us the game on, on, on everything that you all are doing. So final question here, uh, looking ahead, uh, what are your aspirations for, for the future of early childhood education 
and how do you hope to contribute to its continued growth? Yeah, you know, I think that there is, you know, we we are always thinking about, I think that when we think about our research and evaluation, right, we're going to be able to, you know, one, we have in each of our center, we have a local evaluation partner with the University of Pittsburgh that mm. is in each of the center that's really looking at really the program and, and trying to figure out, like, what's the best practices for this? And really, we would like to be able to take some of those things and be able to then pu- pu- publish either some research, a white paper, so that other organizations can be able to use it. We also have a network evaluation partner, and it's going to be looking at longitudinally of who's it working with. Mm. And so once again, we also think that there's going to be some best practices that are going to come out from there as well when it comes to that. So I think that we just really think that we're, we would really like to just add to the body of research that is that is going to be out there when it comes to early childhood education and then being able to also then um, have folks really being able to help with that. The other thing that I would also call out is also professional development. Um, so we already offer professional development to other, um, we already offer professional development to our employees. And so we um, um, will also be having the ability to to actually let early other early childhood education facilities be able to come into those professional development. Wow. So when we're bringing in some of the biggest names in early childhood education to come and speak, having, you know, once again, the school districts to be able to be a part of, having early childhood education facilities to be, to be able to be a part of that and, and hear that. Because once again, that then, that professional development then becomes a rippling effect. They then take those practices and they take those back to their, to their centers and that helps even more children um, that happens within all that. Um, each year we have also an early childhood education summit. So we'll be having our summit that'll be coming up. So there'll be a day of professional development where we'll be having speakers. So we'll be inviting folks, once again, early childhood education facilities, school districts that are within there. And so professional development is another one that I think that we could really help out with, I think, in in terms of it. And once again, we're already doing it for our staff members. It's just more about just how do we allow some other organizations to be able to be into it. So the more that we can continue the conversation and the collaboration, I think that that's going to be, you know, the big thing that we really want to just, we want to just be a part of that. We mm. want to be a part of how do we think about best practices and what's going to help us really as an early child education f- field just be better. Oh, man. Senate, this has been everything. I hope uh, you, the listener, picked up what he was putting down because uh, the Captain Hershey schools for early learning are definitely taking over for the 9, 9 and 2000. Uh, so, Senate, again, um, want to thank you for joining us on the Melanin Report. Any final words? Yeah, no, thank you, Marquise. It's, it's always great to just kind of sit down with you. And once again, just we just can't wait to continue as we continue to, you know, understand and think about all this stuff. Just can't wait to continue just collaborating and thinking about it and being ingrained in the community. So. Indeed, indeed, indeed. I want to thank again Senate Alexander for joining us on the Melanin Report. And in the words of Notorious, B-I-G, stay far from timid, always make moves with your heart in it. And live by the phrase, sky's the limit. I am Marquise Lupton. This is the Melanin Report. Trust your dopeness, and I'll see you on the other side. Peace. Lock arms, kumbaya, drop the crime rate. Let's talk about it. 
Now talk around it, I'm talking about that We're taught to obey what the law seems It's more to the law, not at all seen The hope for racial equality's a mirage That a nation under God would display a collage Sad truth, racism is draped and camouflaged Prejudice still exists on an everyday job The American gold go from rags to riches But this approach won't even cover half the ticket For those who feel they have to get it Hold on to possessions, hoping not to ever have to get it up With great success comes much adversity Our culture suffers from surface diversity Tolerate each other as a common courtesy Long as we can come up on some currency The facade needs purging We wrap the country well So we're facing a state of emergency There's no quick fix for this and it's irking me We need some vital signs preceding the surgery yeah. Let's talk about it, now talk around it I'm talking about that Can't we get along for God's sake? Life arms, cool when y'all drop the crime rate Let's talk about it, now talk around it I'm talking about that We're taught to obey what the law seems It's more to the law, not at all seen Wow, frustrating to see The abuse of a heritage related to me Auto brutality, police who got away with the plea But Kaepernick is scrutinized for taking a knee Please, that's not emancipation, my G Express freedom of speech, protest freedoms to speak Bash the social activists parading for peace But tolerate the white supremacists raiding the streets That's deep, can't be shallow on the matter of the topic Claim America's the land of the free Come on, stop it Politically correct doesn't make one a profit These political execs made us leap with a dollar You are saying so much that should be taken for profit President Elects fail to keep what they promise. No action without the approval of Congress. When they keep us chained up with heavy yokes on our conscience, that ain't freedom. We are confronted primarily with a moral issue. It is as old as the scriptures and is as clear as the American Constitution. The heart of the question is whether all Americans are to be afforded equal rights and equal opportunities. If an American, because his skin is dark, if in short he cannot enjoy the full and free life which all of us want, then who among us would be content to have the color of his skin changed and stand in his place? Freedom! Let's talk about it, now talk around it, I'm talking about that. Freedom! Let's talk about it, now talk around it, I'm talking about that. Freedom! Let's talk about it, now talk around it, I'm talking about that. Freedom! Let's talk about it, now talk around it, around it, freedom. Let's talk about it, now talk around it, I'm talking about that. Can't we get along for God's sake? Life forms cool when y'all drop the crime rate. Let's talk about it, now talk around it, I'm talking about that. We're taught to obey what the law seems. It's more to the law, not at all seen. One hundred years of delay of past. President Lincoln freed the slaves, get their heirs grandson are not fully free. They're not yet freed from the bonds of injustice. They're not yet freed from social and economic oppression. And this nation, for all its hopes and all its boasts, will not be fully free until all its citizens are free.